0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Awakening. And today, me, me and Angela are joined by Darnish. And, and today, um, our topic is mental health accountability. And yeah, it's going, to be, it's, going to, it's going to be an awesome episode. So Angela, over to you.
1: I'm Angela Jackson, licensed professional counsellor with national certification in the state of Tennessee, USA, partnering with the UK, I'm excited about this discussion. I'm sure it's going to be another mental health awakening.
0: And over to you, Donish.
2: Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Donish. I have had IBD for the last 12 years. And um, I am happy to talk about mental health any day, any time. It's uh, a subject that needs a lot of awareness raised within the world.
0: Yeah. I think it is very important, especially in IBD, because we will go through so much, don't we? Yeah.
2: And something I always say, uh, the gut is like a second mind. Our mind and gut go together. So.
0: Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. I'm excited about this discussion. I think this is one of the first where we all three have something in common, which is IBD. So we can relate there
0: awesome i don't awesome. i don't think we've done an episode yet related to ibd angela have we i don't think so no so yeah so it, this will be our first episode about ibd which is pretty cool we spoke about um our our, our Crohn's, haven't we with, with another guest that had a chronic illness um but although it, it was a, it, it's, it's all in the same boat but just we haven't had one is in ibd
1: so, mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. It, it came up with a discussion where we were talking a lot about confidence and things of that nature. So just like mental health, it always comes up, especially when it comes to our personal journeys, you know, and how it has affected our lives and changing the way that, you know, we approach life in general. So, um, hey, I'm ready to jump right into the topic. So Let's go right into mental health accountability. We're gonna turn it back over to you, Donish.
2: So, um, mental health accountability. Well, for one, as as people who are recipients of IBD as well, I think each of those go hand in hand because um, our IBD, or at least mine, I'm not gonna speak for everyone else, but at least mine comes from also my mental health state. Um, I could be sleepier one day. I could uh, be dealing with some type of depression one day and my gut will be upset with me for being in that mood. So that can cause ripple effects with flares or any other type of you know, stomach aches. And it's something that a lot of people, I feel like need to be more aware of because who knows what the what their mental health is causing themselves and that they're not aware of.
1: I I can definitely relate to what you're saying. It's it's true, depending on what your mood is, it's almost like there's a cycle between that mental health and physical health. And I like to say that you know it it should be viewed as total health because one does affect
0: the other definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health is plays a big part um to how we're feeling. Um because like, like you say, one day we could be really happy, another day we can be feeling rubbish because of something that's happened to our IBD. Um I don't know like if you're maybe changing medication and you've been on a medication so long and you feel like, oh I got this worked for so long. And then I have to change, which you don't want to do because there's always a risk with changing medication. Like, is it going to work, or is it going to be bad?
2: And you know, another thing too is that, and I uh, people get kind of like weirded out whenever I tell them this. I I wake up with depression almost every day, and the days that I choose to uh, acknowledge it versus feeling what I'm feeling, letting myself feel what I feel. And there's two different ways to approach that, in my opinion, because one is acknowledging it is actually doing something about it to make yourself get out of that funk. Feeling your feelings is actually letting your, embracing what you're feeling and um accepting it. But at the same time, it's also, you have to hold yourself accountable for being able to pull yourself out of it after feeling that because it can take you down a bad path if you continuously let yourself fall with it
1: yeah yeah it it can definitely turn into a spiral um i i like what you said about acknowledgement and taking that responsibility. And that's actually something that I recommend when I work with clients is, you know, sometimes when you have those uncomfortable feelings, it, it makes it worse in a sense when you try to deny it. So acknowledge the feeling and then ask yourself two questions. Of course there could be more, but I always say, ask yourself you know, is what I'm feeling. Is it closer to a fact? Is it closer to something I've experienced, or is it closer to an assumption? You know, what's got me feeling this way? Why am I in this funk? And I know sure. that sounded like three questions when I said two, but <laughs> but you know, they kind of the first two kind of partner together. But just basically challenging those uh, negative or uh anxious or depressing thoughts when it's like okay why am I feeling this way I can't necessarily pinpoint a reason why and then of course with us having uh, a chronic illness we can we can kind of assess how we're feeling that day and like I said kind of takes you back to that cycle but that's a great way um to acknowledge and then take that responsibility of how you're feeling is okay First, I need to be honest that I'm not feeling so great. I am feeling depressed. I'm a little bit anxious and I just can't figure out why I'm in this space. So definitely great point.
0: Yeah, and I think having IBD can make us quite um, at risk to other things as well. Um, and in a pandemic, in a ongoing pandemic, that, that, that really does increase our mental health, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, I like, personally, like, for me um i i still do my work from home um i um i see still friends and that trying to meet up not doing because over in uk i think most places now restrictions are not there or anything and that, that, that's annoying because people can, start, can get on with their lives if they don't have a low, low immune system um and it is annoying and it does sometimes make me feel a bit down um Side of things, um, because if I didn't have Crohn's, I might be able to be a bit more risky or meet with friends, um, have more of a life than um, staying at home and because of my Crohn's. So, yeah, it can make you a bit a, a quite a lot depressed. This like COVID,
2: mm-hmm. I think one thing you have to re- remind yourself, though, Mason, also is that this pandemic is kind of a blessing in disguise as well, it's because it's showing us that even with our chronic illnesses we have to be held accountable for our health and um, even with vaccinations and everything those don't save us it's still on us to take care of ourselves and um, while people are going out seeing friends at the same time they are also you know out partying, drinking, all of these things. And I don't know about you guys, but um, I actually quit drinking uh, two years ago because of mental health. I hated the way it was making me feel after uh, every hangover. I just felt like shit the whole day, excuse my language, but yeah, it was just, and that whole party life thing kind of died down for me after a while and I just started hating the way that I was feeling the next day and um along with just like the depression part like my therapist always used to tell me don't stay in the pity party you got to
0: get out of it eventually yeah yeah I think um yeah I think like like you said I, I agree that there is a blessing as well the pandemic because um but yeah like some of my friends go out drinking and personally um even if I even if I didn't have Crohn's, it wouldn't be something I would do every weekend. Like you see friends and that going each weekend to pubs, drinking it out until they can get really drunk. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's not fun. Like I'll have a drink every now and then. I will for a special occasions if my Crohn's is okay. If not, mm-hmm. I won't. I won't touch it. Um, but like a special occasion, uh, like it's my it's my twenty first birthday this year, so. Hopefully, I will be all right. Have a, have a, a drink or, or two, maybe. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's not something I like. Like, I like to do. Like, like I probably had a hangover once, <laughs> and I, I didn't really know what it felt like at first. But um, yeah, lucky man. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what it felt like at first. But uh, it's it's almost like you're in an illusion, <laughs> really. Um, but but yeah, it, it's not. I see, like I said, I see friends and now I, I don't feel like what's the fun of it? What you getting out of this? But I suppose you, you you look at it differently because we have a, a low minimum, a, a condition that makes us think like this. So I, I suppose we wouldn't think like this if we didn't have, you didn't have our clothes, we didn't have Crohn's, It would be a whole lot of different. We 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 we, we, we 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 possibly might be out there doing that ourselves, but. <laughs> um, yeah it's just you think about those things and you think is it fun is it
2: yeah yeah like for me it was because we were kind of in the nightlife it was someone's birthday and you know it was fun um throwing up wasn't fun but it was fun (laughs) um I Uh, i don't know after a while i just don't get me wrong i love my friends to death but um there's a certain point in time where you gotta start thinking about yourself and how it's making you feel the next day. And is it really worth feeling like that? And, and this is where a support system comes into play because um, the people that really matter well, won't want you to feel that way the next day. They'll be like, you know, you're good. We love you regardless. Like, you're you're our friend regardless. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you say that, you know, with your friends or peers, would you say that you struggled to set those boundaries or was it accepted?
2: I think I did it to myself more than my friends because my friends were, a, I, at a certain point in my life, used IBD as an icebreaker to meet people, which you know isn't healthy. It's pretty much saying, hey, I, I'm sick, be my friend. Hmm. And um, it's something that I actually wasn't aware of until one of my friends actually brought it up to me and we were talking. He was like, you know, we love you regardless. You don't have to use your ailment as the thing to introduce yourself to someone. And I wasn't even aware of it, honestly. I was just like, I'm just somebody with IBD, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting. And so instead of being like, hey, my name's Donish. I have UC. I was like, "Hey, my name's Donish. let nice to meet you." And um, that's again where the support system comes in.
0: Yeah, I think support system is is really important because um, yeah, like 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 that. Like my friends and I have got Crohn's but um, yeah, it's, it's almost like um, I'm not. I suppose involved as much since the pandemic began um, yeah. but I'm not in the group chat, so I, 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 I'm talked about I, like and stuff but I'm not like as involved just because I've got crohns and they think I, I might not be able to make it um, which is, is sad really but um but I understand what they're saying it but um but yeah it is annoying like yeah I might probably couldn't come but um like um, I have met with people during the pandemic though um, like maybe a couple of friends still asking people to do covid tests because you just you just never know um but like no, it, it's annoying isn't it um like because we, we, we watch these programs and like the zombie programs and i know it's not the same covid but um in, in, in a mindset i would much rather a, a zombie apocalypse in, in a way like because you would know who has had it wouldn't you like like with covid you don't you don't you have to take it's, it's more or less invisible like Crohn's is even though they're two separate things but I always relate the two or like IBD because you I I, I feel like you can relate them because everyone has it differently um everyone can have covid differently everyone can have Crohn's everyone has colitis differently and yeah. I, I always relate because and and that's why it a zombie apocalypse. It probably would have been more fun, <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> For us all, so we ever know it would have been nice, but it's just that we would know, like, oh, look, uh, they've got the plague over there, and uh, we know that, and we'll stay away from them.
2: <laughs> I just, I see a lot of people say IBD is my curse, IBD is this, IBD is that, mental health is my curse. I think it's not looked at the right way because your life could have been so much different with or without IBD. You could have had something else. You could have cancer. You could have not been alive. You could have you know, X, X and Z and whatever. The thing that is not looked at is how much of an awareness that's brought to you to your health. Maybe you needed that reminder to be like, oh, this is what I need to do to take care of myself now. Okay, I need to not eat so much of this because this is what's gonna happen if I do. It's, yeah. it's putting yourself in check without even needing to put yourself in check. hmm
1: yeah. definitely, definitely. It, it does bring out that self-evaluation. You know, you consider healthy ways to cope versus the unhealthy ways, like you mentioned drinking. There's there's other possibilities that are more suited for you in your situation that you know we may not have been as mindful about if we didn't have the you know the the uh, condition so it's it can apply to oh goodness like Mason you were mentioning COVID and things like that of course we're, we're in that high risk category so. Right there, we're already trying to be a little bit more cautious, um, and I agree, Donish, with, with what you said before. The pandemic, it changed things to the point to where uh, I feel I feel like it simplified life a little bit, where we all had to stop at some point and embrace the um, self isolation and the quarantine and that kind of thing, and new habits were developed. like I mentioned all the time, I probably would have never started a kitchen garden. You know what I'm saying? Like it it just kind of simplified life a little bit more. It gave us the opportunity to rediscover some things that we would not normally do, or be more focused with our uh, physical health or or eliminating maybe certain social settings and things of that nature, which falls in line with mental health accountability a lot of people don't consider self-care in its you know in the total form it's just oh hair haircut nails all this other stuff shopping but really we have to consider you know what does self-care and and what do those boundaries look like from a social perspective from a spiritual perspective and even professional um, that that professional part of self-care is not even discussed enough you know you don't hear people talk about professional or occupational self-care and that would be you know are you taking breaks are you preparing for uh what what your break will look like are you eating healthy on your breaks are you removing yourself from your workspace just to kind of rejuvenate um I was sharing with a group it's um like a support group in my immediate area. And we were talking about, you know, going places and figuring out where the restrooms are or taking what I call the adult, you know, toiletry bag or the adult diaper bag and making sure you have a change of clothes and things like that. And and that applies, you know, if you have Crohn's, colitis in in other different um, chronic illnesses, but considering, you know, holding yourself responsible for changes that you've made um, and then acknowledging, okay, there are other ways that I need to take care of myself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, you did. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree.
2: Uh, Angela, let me ask you, um, when uh, holding yourself accountable for your mental health and physical health and your IBD, um how do you teach yourself to reevaluate when you know you need to take a step back versus grinding, 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 grinding?
1: Mm, wow. I, I got this question from someone else this week. So figuring out what tasks are on your plate and prioritizing, you have to set limits for yourself it you know maybe you have 10 things on your to-do list and in one day it's going to have to be okay that you only complete three so i would say uh you know in its simplest form creating that bullet point list figuring out what the priority is because a lot of times we try to do it all and then we just kind of fumble in those situations but figuring out uh, what's priority? Set those limits and be okay with it.
2: Mason, how about you?
0: Um, yeah. It, um, what I try to do if um if I am overthinking, um about like like I set order and stuff. Like like lot like of mental health it is um. Like for me, it, 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 I suppose it doesn't affect me. Um, like, like it, it did at the start of the pandemic. You know, I'd say it did. Um, but like, um, it doesn't. Also, at this moment in time, I, um, I know how life is. <laughs> I know, I, know, I know what life is like at the moment. Like, I, I get annoyed. Like, at, at the beginning of the year, I was annoyed because I thought, hang on a minute, um. New Year, um, I might be able to do more. I might be able to do the football coaching that I wanted to do. Might be to get back into driving lessons that I wanted to do. Uh, probably pass by now if, if COVID wasn't around. Um, so there's there's, there's there's those things that I was looking forward to doing this year. And and then um, and then it doesn't happen because cases rise. Um, and even if the cases rise, that, that means I can't do it because... Uh, with football coaching there's mixing with people um and and that's what life is you have to mix with people and um I still go out I go out for walks I like going for walks I, I still I still do the stuff I want to do but like I wouldn't have had a podcast so there's a good thing about mental health and there's bad things about mental health like um is it, like if I, I haven't been if I'm in a painful flare I will not be happy <laughs> like like all of us but how that affects me is I will but like going back to my first flare with Crohns um, what happened during that stage is um I uh, I did I didn't like life <laughs> um, it was it was bad uh, I had horrible pain it was burning and, and stuff and I was thinking well, I think what most people feel like when they're told they have IBD, um, they think what is it like if you, that's if you don't know what it is. I know some people can, um, they know of it before they're diagnosed, which is good, actually, because I um, I don't know. I, I I, never had that experience. Um, but what, what happened is, um, like, uh, like uh, because when I was told it was a disease, um, I ultimately thought, hang on a minute, does that mean I'm not, it's like, is it like cancer like, cuz i didn't know what it was uh, that was my first thought I mean, is it like if you got a certain time to live or something which it's quite scary like i, think, I especially for new people that diagnosed with it um because i think that's your automatic thought like I, I, am i, am I going to die and, and stuff like that and like because of the pain you went it feels it feels like that it, it does um like it feels like it's not going to stop until to say you can go on medication and until they say you have to be on it for the rest of your life until there is some sort of cure um it is hard and mental health is really bad at the start of a diagnosis i think of any diagnosis really uh but um with a, a chronic illness it is very it's not nice the start of it but i think once we're past that start of it our mental health i suppose improves a little bit even though we don't know what to expect each day um so this morning like we could have woken up in a horrible mood <laughs> um i know if we're, we're recording this is on a sunday so it's a nice chill day as opposed to <laughs> um but but yeah like my mental health um it does vary um like uh some days i will wake up and i will say um oh it's got it's, it's not ending like covid this is like not bound to do stuff because it having crohn's and, and I think all of us, every person that has Crohn's, I also close IBD, we'll have a day where we wake up or probably multiple and we say, why do we why do we have to have this? Well like we could be going out with our friends um, to mm-hmm. be more out and about, do more we want to do. But um, yeah, so sometimes we feel for ourse- sorry for ourselves, but I don't know about you guys, but what I don't like to do, I don't I don't want people to come across like they feel sorry for me. Oh. or, 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 for, or for, sorry for us, like they, um, they treat us like we're ill. I, I know we are in a way, like, but not like, not like babies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can relate to what you were saying. I had not heard of Crohn's disease when I was diagnosed and I felt like I was not given enough information. So I, I didn't take it seriously. And then, you know, from a mental health perspective, I've, now I can say that I felt like I was cycling through just grief itself. You know, I was angry, I was sad. There was, you know, guilt. There might've even been some shame, you know, all of these different stages. And it was because I was trying to figure out, you know, is it something that I did? Is it something I didn't do? I felt, you know, at that time I was pretty active uh um, cheerleader majorette you know all these kinds of things had to exercise had to be in shape and then I thought okay but was I eating well enough or you know trying to figure figure out if I was the blame and I ha- even had relatives that did blame me <laughs> wow. as if it were something that I did to myself like what have you been doing <laughs> or, or what is it you're not telling us and I just um yeah I mean the depression comes, the anxiety comes. It's like, how do you handle this from day to day, especially when there is that lack of knowledge? And then uh, depending on what you experience with procedures and uh, all of the assessments that, you know, you can can even experience the the PTSD type symptoms because it's just that traumatic. And sudden life changes is what got me. So I feel like I grieved the lifestyle that I had. The healthy, uh, young adult, you know, that kind of stuff just kind of coming and going. Uh still, you know, I feel like I was still pretty productive. Um okay support system, but yeah, it it was it was already isolating. That's why now I you know, pandemic, yes, I was cautious about uh, being ill, but, <laughs> you know, having, having to isolate on a normal, you know, on a regular basis sometimes, that part was not um, that great of an adjustment. When I consider the changes that I made, I felt like I was incognito after I got diagnosed, <laughs> just, just to give myself enough time to figure things out. So yeah, it's definitely hard physically and mentally.
2: I totally get that um when I first started seeing symptoms of my IBD was uh my parents were actually going through a separation and I was drinking a lot I was away to college I didn't know how I was angry and didn't know how to deal with my grief so alcohol was my best friend at that time I was around 19 and um that's when IBD was introduced into my life. And then um, around 30, I had my first full-blown panic attack and I uh, collapsed in front of my mom. Uh, it was like maybe one or two in the morning. And I thought I was having a heart attack because I just could not move. I was on the ground. I was, felt paralyzed and I just could not move. And um, that's when I realized how important mental health is and where it can take you to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And we actually, me, Angela, we spoke about like um, panic attacks before, didn't we? And um, like, I, I've had one as well, um, um, and they do feel like I don't know, they? They, they feel like you're having a heart attack. Um, I had one at my like football stadium because I was in recently recovering from a flare. And uh, I went in and occasionally I had pain and I, I felt this pain and then I was panicking and I was thinking, hang on a minute, uh, what's going on? And then, yeah, I'm going around the stadium and everyone can see me. I, uh, in my mind, I don't care what people are thinking. <laughs> They're thinking like a madman, like going around and screaming. And, and um, I, I did try and go out of the stadium, but uh, they didn't say I could because it was the turnstiles that let you in the stadium. So you couldn't go out. and. They didn't let me do that. So what happened was I, I was when I went to expect to another person that actually had these had an, a situation had a panic attack before and calmed me down. But it is it is very frightening, isn't it, when that happens?
1: Yeah,
2: you don't know what's happening to yourself.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Pretty scary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. it can feel Help. like a huge surge of emotions, but you know, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with that as well, you will think that it's a heart attack or something else. And what's interesting is that people who don't typically have, you know, anxiety can experience a panic attack, you know, so it can be rough.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's funny. It's like people say, I don't have anxiety or of that sort, if you get nervous in certain situations or if you're nervous about something, that's anxiety. That's yeah. why when people say, I don't get anxiety, it's just like, yes, you do.
1: you just yes. not <laughs> That's yeah. right, that's right. It could be specific fears. It could be, you know, phobias is, is a form of anxiety, right? People, oh, I'm afraid of heights, I'm afraid of, okay.
0: <laughs> the thing is you don't have to be diagnosed to have anxiety everyone has some sort of anxiety um like i don't believe i am diagnosed with anxiety but i am anxious about certain things. like um yeah i'll be like like be anxious being up with someone that's well I, I don't No, actually i'm not i'm more comfortable if someone's had covid <laughs> and and like I, I don't know about you guys like um it's more better to to meet a person who's had COVID a few times and then and, and if and if you've got a low immune system, because they are although they could catch it again, but um it's it's more safer than someone that hasn't had COVID. Right. But um with the panic attacks, in a way, although it's a horrible experience, at least that we've had that panic attack and we know what it feels like for next time if it happens.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know. The thing is too, that you have to be able to tell yourself like enough is enough. Like um, even when I go out to meet friends, I'm back home by 10, 30, maybe 11 tops. And they'll still be partying and living it up to like one or two in the morning. But and I'll, I'll be like, I'll think to myself, like I know how I feel if I go to sleep too late, I need my rest, I need to be mentally good and being holding yourself accountable again to that is key because your support system will get it, your friends will get it. You just need to keep that mindset of yourself of letting anyone else down and just taking care of yourself.
0: Okay. Yeah, self-care is very important. Um, yeah. Like fatigue, um, like, like, like drinking alcohol makes you tired. So, so, so you think about it, like people have IBD. That's a symptom anyway, regardless of alcohol. Um, so, yeah, like um, I, I remember it was my brother's wedding last year and um, I, had, I had a few drinks. <laughs> I, I dropped a glass. <laughs> um, but th- this was a really good experience for me because um, everyone was properly tested for covid and it, it was very secure um and venue as well so it was big and and everything and that night i had a few drinks and i, I didn't realize i had a few drinks <laughs> i was i was sitting down most of the time and i was getting delivered drinks <laughs> which i did <laughs> <laughs> and yeah um yeah and it was a special occasion like my brother's only getting married once there's hope (laughs) um and i had that done and (laughs) i had the drink and i I was tired and having the drink made me tired and i I even know i was that tired i still wanted to stay up chat to people (laughs) but i know the horrible like fatigue is horrible in general with ipd but having alcohol on top of it it, and then that makes you even more tired like you just wake up it's almost like when you wake up in the morning and you're shattered.
2: (laughs) Right. Uh,
1: That's funny. Uh, It's
2: like, you're trying to be more fun, but you're more tired because you drank and it's just like, oh,
1: I'm going to be more
0: fun. No, I'm not. Uh Uh Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it was, a funny thing is, when I dropped that glass, I was, um, The person who picked it up, she dropped one as well earlier in the day, (laughs) and I remember that it was. I was outside at one point. It was. It was only Prosecco. Like Prosecco was going. Was getting travelled on the plates that they do, Um, and there was burgers going around as well. But I couldn't. I couldn't eat anything. (laughs) I wasn't even hungry. Um, But but yeah. That was actually a pretty good experience uh, from last year because, although it was a pretty horrible year for everyone, I suppose, um, because of COVID. But we can look back on some good moments, um, like uh, of it. And but but yeah, like all things getting cancelled. But but yeah, like I, me just remembering because not having only drinking at special occasions. That 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 is a good memory because it did make me tired. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Could just be fatigue, right? Maybe. (laughs) So Donish, tell us, tell us, you mentioned earlier that you went to a therapist. What do you do now to maintain stable mental health?
2: Oh um well, so I have a very busy work life. Um, I work in human resources, so it's always on the go. Um, So being able to know when to stop working and have that mindset that I can still do this tomorrow or maybe prioritizing what uh, you can handle and cannot, it's definitely key. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. There's been so many days I've just been like, I need to get some air because I was just so overwhelmed. And um, even for stress relieving, just from stressful from work, um, go to the gym, uh, go for long walks, uh, go to the beach, just breathe in some air, you know, get those endorphins kind of mm-hmm. ice, Those are all the things I do, but mainly I, I really take it upon myself to go exercise because I feel like that is what's keeping my body
1: de-stressed. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. And a part of uh, accountability is routine that regular practice of, you know, whatever it is, that kind of helps support the stability because, you know, once you make it a habit, you're able to kind of pull from those, um, you know, hobbies, interests, things that you do to cope. You'll pull from that to help kind of minimize uh, any flares, whether it's, you know, mental uh, or physical, you know
0: exactly yeah mm-hmm. that's it good deal that's it because yeah like being like on jobs working um doing stuff constantly can be tiring like repeating the same thing every day um,
2: especially during a computer all day
0: <laughs> yeah that, yes. that, that's true that that can be very draining um but like, yeah just doing the same thing all the time and um, although it can be fun <laughs> but I think we're all entitled to our breaks <laughs> every once in a while yeah. yes yeah if it's you're going for a walk, going to the woods going in the middle of nowhere maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't know about you but I always find that fun Like if you just go to a place and you don't know where it is, you've never been before and you get lost um, even though some people you're with may be freaking out oh, i'm lost in everything <laughs> but when i'm in that situation i kind of like it because i like to find the way back uh even though it might take a few hours but it's it kind of a like, little mystery but yeah I, I do like that like it's just being freedom from the routine we're used to
2: yeah and you know I don't know about you guys, but I actually do this sometimes. If I'm really just in a rut, I will go hike to a kind of like a top of the hill or something and literally just scream as loud as I can and put my full like heart and like gut into it. And it's something that I've learned actually. It's... Relieving whatever pain or anxiety you're feeling because you're releasing it in a way that is just like, you know, F my life type scenario. But it's not like in a bad way, it's like, you know, I need to get this out.
1: Yeah. I like that. Never done it. I can think of times that I probably need to try it.
0: <laughs> I think we all. <laughs>
1: I, I i'm sitting here thinking while you were saying that i'm thinking where would i go
0: <laughs> oh i've got somewhere in my mind where I just can just get
1: the scream out right
0: like speaking of, I, I live right next to a park but, like i'm a road and i don't go that often but uh i, I live behind it actually and um I, that's a good idea actually i might do that <laughs> um yeah it sounds fun actually <laughs>
2: there's a couple times i actually did it in the gym and didn't even realize it i had my headphones on full blast and i just finished uh a set and i just kind of just let it out and the minute i stopped i saw like the whole gym literally looking at me i was like uh, I
0: just... uh you'll be famous <laughs>
2: Oh no, they, they, they uh they know it's a common thing for me now, so they
0: huh. they know me as a screamer.
1: Okay, so you do it regularly at the gym? Yeah. Okay.
2: I mean if everybody else can grunt and do whatever they want, I'm I'm gonna let one out eventually.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, it does sound although it does sound pretty fun, like just mm-hmm. you you let your frustrations out. Um I try to keep it in most of the time. Um, yeah, don't do that. Don't do yeah. that. You're like, 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 like because if, if no one's in the house, like, if it's, I'll do it. But I don't want to do it when everyone's there. <laughs> I think. But uh, but going around to the local field would be a nice idea. Um,
2: Have you ever thought of taking a pillow and just putting it on your face and letting it out?
0: So it's not as loud. Yeah, that's quite a good idea. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something I need to try, um, right, because this past few years, it was been very frustrating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you've got to figure something out to do, and even as a, a professional, as a mental health counselor, as a therapist, I'm sure a lot of Uh, Other therapists and counselors can relate there. There's, um, you know, a code of ethics and a board that we're governed by. And so within the code of ethics, it actually specifies the need for self-care. So a lot of uh, therapists have certain things identified that they do or that, you know, they're interested in or that, you know, whatever it is for us to cope and kind of unplug and pause so if we don't, that means that we are not following ethical boundaries. And I love to pull that out, you know, with other professionals and colleagues, even if it's not in the helping field. But, you know, if it is written in code of ethics or certain standards or boundaries that you should, you know, pause and unplug and take care of yourself, it's, it's a responsibility. So I like, I like that. I, I need one of those. Good screams
2: Yeah. I think we'll I be
0: doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
2: Getting
0: right. yeah. some attention, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, think of it this way. When you're in a hospital bed and you're dealing with the flare up and you have doctors
0: not listening to you. Oh you, yeah. Man.
1: That's right.
0: That's you feel funny. like screaming and, and they will look at you if you did scream they'll look you what are you screaming for <laughs> <laughs> right
1: yeah. or
2: yeah, get psych on the phone we need them
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right and it's freeing It it always puts me in the mind of a toddler when when they when they don't have the language to say what they're feeling what they're thinking what do they do they skip they kick they scream they cry they just let it out throw a big tantrum so throw a, yeah. tantrum. <laughs> throw a tantrum that's right
0: oh. <laughs> yeah the more you go on the more people will listen um in, in a way because like the more, the more you go on about something or well, the more you, mo- more you moan at them about it and in the head, they think, "Be quiet." I, 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 I know, I know. You said this five minutes ago, but if you say it, keep going, going again. Like, for example, if you don't, if you want to be moved from a certain room. Like, I've like you want to be rolled somewhere else. You're like, I don't, I don't want to be here. Yeah, I want to be somewhere more less noisy. <laughs> um, right. But but yeah, it, maybe we should try that as well. Like, if we're in a flare we're in a hospital for some reason, we. We're really frustrated. The pain is unbearable. We we just scream. <laughs> um, it couldn't hurt to no. cry. No, they can't. They can't take us out. <laughs> Can <Yes>. they? <laughs> they?
1: They might have us evaluate
2: <laughs> I mean, we get evaluated regardless. though. So. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: We might be taken to a different ward, maybe. But. Yeah, it's
2: like IVD. I think there's something else. We need, we need yeah. to put them in. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yeah. That's right. So give us some other suggestions. Uh, tell us some other things that you would suggest for uh, for the viewers and listeners as far as mental health, uh, whether a coping skill, whether um, just like we were talking about ways to unplug or de-escalate. Share some, share some other things that you might do or suggest.
2: Oh, man. Um, go on a drive. Doesn't matter where. Just go to a scenic area and just drive and listen to your most decompressing music playlist you have. Whether it's... Um, low tone techno whether it's gospel whether it's B, whether it's uh um rock just go and just put it on full blast i like that yeah i think that's a good idea. Sing along if you feel like it
1: huh?
2: and sing along if you feel like it
1: that's right
0: mm-hmm. as loud as you can yeah, that was you want. No, no one's around, might as well, you know. Yeah. Well uh, yeah. but, but 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 make sure you go down the the correct speed limit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's too good. Good point.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Mason's safe.
0: <laughs> because how you know think you about it. <laughs> you think about it. You put the loud music on you um, you shut, you scream at it, and then you're more concentrated on that, and then not so the driving, and, you, and you'll be like, oh, let's, zoom, let's go as fast as the music's hitting.
2: <laughs> oh, my okay. God. Mm-hmm. I just I see Mason in, like, a skyline going
0: 110, just, like, not caring about anyone in like <laughs> yep. right. And then That's you get right. pulled over, pulled over, <laughs> the cop says to you, why are you going that fast? And, and listen to the music that, though. Um, and then you said to him, Because I'm not happy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he says, I'm not happy that you're going that speed limit. Slow down.
2: Right. Here's a ticket. Bye.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: (laughs) Mason, we got got to make sure you get your driver's license. (laughs) I've,
0: I've driven a car. In the know, we we, 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 we got to
1: yeah. get you legal. We got to come yeah. up with another <laughs> another option for you. <laughs> yeah, when
0: it comes to driving, like I would have done, would have been already by now. But um, well, it's annoying. <laughs> uh, I did like to drive in the dark though. Like I, I, I drive in the dark quite a few times. Once I did driving lessons, would have been twenty early twenty twenty ish last time I did it so um although it's a long time ago I still remember what to do and stuff um but um but yeah it's annoying like I've driven a go-kart <laughs> if that helps <laughs> but um but yeah you don't have to think about
2: speed when you're driving a go-kart you could just go
0: yeah just go as fast as you want um even though there is a certain speed limit as well like um well go, ever yeah it's annoying like um Oh, I, I, I went a few years back for my birthday, and I do plan to do uh, hopefully this year for my birthday. Fingers crossed! I want to do it again because I did it for my 18th, and with a, a couple of friends. And like, so some people were breaking the speed limit, and <laughs> uh, they had they had these flags like like they have you know, had red flag, you, the other flag. You get a red flag, you're off. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but I enjoyed it. Um, like, like. You can just imagine, like, the Formula One cars how fast they go. Uh, because, that, like, if you think about their mental health as well, like um, racing car drivers, uh, it, it's quite a good job for them, actually, because if they're really angry, they can go as fast as they want, knowing it's okay.
2: <laughs> Definitely.
0: Yeah. Although it's super fast. Like, you, you don't realise how fast it is. It's so fast. Right.
1: So Donish, tell tell us what you have going on. um, As far as like raising awareness, what do you do?
2: Um, so a stigma I am trying to tackle is men speaking up about uh, mental health and chronic health autoimmune. Every example possible that I just said because um there aren't enough. There's that saying man up that I'm trying to break. Hmm. And that is why I do what I do. Um in the beginning it was more about just raising awareness for chronic health, but as I expanded more, I started doing seeing and listening and seeing how Mm. And not enough men were speaking about IBD.
0: Hmm. yeah I, I, I think it's right because men like it's hard to let our emotions out, isn't it like um and stuff. Um, so I think I think it's good talking about it and like it's how you feel, um especially in a, in a community where people understand um as well. Um, because yeah, I, I think it's good that you choose to do that because it's, it's, it's important. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've gotten my, uh, hate DMs for it already. So, what? It, it's, yeah. uh, I've gotten called all types of names, been told, uh, of, you know, all types of stuff because I'm, uh. Being vulnerable.
0: Hmm. Okay. Will that be? Is that people from the IBD community, or is it people random? I will just random. I'll just run them.
2: Because my page is open to everyone, and they see okay. the videos that, or content I post, and it's just kind of like I get sent stuff like Crimea River, blah blah blah. It's mm. just like, mm.
1: okay. So I mentioned in Mason you probably remember better than I do, but there was another episode where I mentioned this. Oh, goodness. There was a post that showed a little boy being told, don't cry, um, don't show any emotions, suck it up, all of these types of things, right? So as a boy, mom or his parents in general, whoever's raising him, is telling him all of these things that, you know, essentially are suppressing his emotions, no emotional regulation, you know, all of this, all this just kind of develops as a kid. So when he grows up, you know, on the other side of the post is a grown man where his wife is saying, You don't show me any affection. I don't know how you feel. We don't communicate, you know, so, so there's that, that missing piece that, that, you know, there's no bridge between the two. How is it that you don't want a boy to express how he feels or even understands what he's feeling in the moment? And as I mentioned before, it then turns into that uh, inner child or that toddler that, you know, hey, I, I don't know how to communicate. I'm struggling to express myself. Uh, because I cannot say what I'm feeling first, then all of a sudden it's just flat out anger because that's the secondary emotion. So it, it really could be confusion, uh, embarrassment, frustration, whatever. but because you can't say that or you have not been uh, given the space to say exactly how you feel, now all of a sudden you're this grown man <laughs> you know who can't who, who's struggling to connect to your partner because She's looking for that emotional connection. She's looking for that communication. So, I I, I like what you're saying about um, a- addressing the stigma around you know the boys. I, I call it the boys to men kind of thing. But yeah, um, yeah definitely that. I, I like what you said. Now I'm I'm losing. It. What was it?
2: Um, it is showing vulnerability of uh, the stigma of manning up.
1: That's right, man up. That's what I was trying to, it slipped my mind. So getting that, so all of that kind of goes into that, the man up thing and yeah. And and what that creates, yeah, definitely. It, it's necessary, it's
0: necessary. Yeah, yeah. It's- it, I think that does make you down, though, when you do get those nasty comments. from. Um, I it's on It's not needed, is it? Like, um, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it's just so, it's not needed for, for that to happen.
2: I, I've learned how to brush it off now because uh, I am in tune with who I am and uh, working on being able to tell myself that I'm enough. Mm-hmm. And once you can master that, no one can touch you.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, on the flip side of that, do you get other men or, or maybe even women? But do you get people who want to contribute to that topic?
2: Oh yeah. Um. Definitely more women than men, but um, uh, I am trying um, to show that. There are still, the stigma isn't all men. There are still men who suffer from IBD or any other type of autoimmune or chronic health disease that are speaking up. We're just overshadowed by the ones that don't know how. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Yeah.
1: Definitely. There's so many different phases and stages
2: like I say, there's toxic masculinity and then there's masculinity. Yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely
0: I definitely agree. Yeah, because it, like there's it uh, like mental health with with all this it's, it's crucial to to everyone because if we don't talk about our mental health. Who's going to talk about? It? Um, yeah. Like, they're not going to talk about it on our behalf, are they? Like, I'm not going to talk on your behalf. You're not going to talk on my behalf. We'll do it because we want to do. It. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's very important. Um, years ago, I wouldn't understood what mental health is, so not everyone understands it. So it is very good because it is it is questionable because not everyone does know what mental
1: health is Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah. especially when it comes to race and uh it's a whole nother conversation but that definitely plays a part in mental health too Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah definitely the cultural stigmas are still present yeah and there's so much and you're right that's a totally different (laughs) that that's a whole nother series to be honest with you because of the the stigmas that are there and the reasons why they exist
0: so Uh, yeah yeah and you like in the past you you've done some like lives like with with different people I, I think I was live with you Last year, uh, um, I can't remember when. I think it was late last year, wasn't it? Um, we, we did a live and uh, talked about mental health with IBD as well. So yeah, like, like when did you begin doing those lives with different people?
2: Um, it was actually 2020, but it wasn't live with other people. It was my own because at that point in time, I was uncomfortable reaching out to people. Um, it was actually, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Nikki Love. Um, shout out to Nikki. Um, she was the first person I did a live with and became a good friend of mine. And um, she al- also, she's a ostomy awesome and just an incredible person. Um, she talks about living with an ostomy bag and everything. And through her, I started getting connected with more people and i started reaching out and asked them if they wanted to tell their story and just and it amazed me just how many people were actually voiceless and were given a voice from it
0: yeah yeah i think it's good like it's good fun isn't it like just going there having a run about alters about man help about about also clients about RBD crimes, mm. and yeah, I think it's needed because, like, we know about our conditions more than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we didn't get down and talk about it and just some randomer said about our conditions, it wouldn't be right. right, but but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's a really good idea, like. Do you plan to do
2: more like um, in the future? Well, because of my work schedule, I mostly do it on weekends only now, Um, but definitely just uh, finding that bandwidth of having the capacity to handle the life without being exhausted from work, Mm -hmm. it's been a challenge. So I'm trying to find a a balance. Yeah, it can
0: be exhausting, just talking you'll be surprised how much talking really hard. yeah <laughs> yeah you figure out what to say to them you, you, you have to think what questions to ask if they want to because sometimes they might want questions beforehand or they might just want to do a general conversation so it's difficult because in the past i've had people but i don't mind either way it's, it's all good with me But like, um I normally, like we are now, we just having a, a flowing conversation. Beforehand, we said about what the topic is, um, what we're going to be talking about, and that's what I normally do. But sometimes people want a few questions, um, which is fine. I'll make a list. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything that pops up in my head, but I won't always go on that list. If It kind of a start, and then we go on from there. But yeah, talking is tough.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I don't even have... A- time or patience to think of questions i literally just tell them tell your story mm-hmm. and i will ask you questions from your story what in whatever you're comfortable but i do ask them what are they comfortable sharing and that's it
0: yeah yeah because after that it's
2: just natural yeah. and then once i feel like they're kind of done that's it yeah yeah like i suppose you kind of know if they're talkative or they're
0: not talkative to how long you're going to be doing it for yeah um, or if they are very talkative um, and so sometimes you can't get a word and maybe <laughs> uh, you throw away. Haven't I haven't had that yet so <laughs> I haven't no. well, I've had a few oh really <laughs> <laughs> yep I remember 2020-ish there was an episode Um, I did Um, and you weren't red eyes on there <laughs> um <laughs> oh, I that. like, hey, here. It's not bad. that means I don't have to say much uh, for once. <laughs> but it was um, it was an interesting episode. I had to butt in a couple of times, um, just so people I'm there <laughs> saying um, like it was on about an hour. Actually, I think forty five minutes or an hour would have been. But um, he, the person there, enjoyed it so. That's
2: not what mattered, but, That's but yeah. But yeah. Luckily, for me Instagram only allows you an hour. So I do have to actually get some words in. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> is that any limit to an hour, is that? Yeah.
2: That's it. After that, they cut you off. That's a bit annoying. Yeah. But I mean, it gives me a chance to navigate from like 20 to 30 minutes and then call it a day. Yes. Yeah. We'll wrap
1: up at forty-five minutes. Yeah,
2: exactly. Top at forty-five minutes, we're done. We're good.
0: That's it. Thank you. That's it. What if you join, and they're thirty minutes late, and then um, you only have 30 minutes <laughs> together,
2: okay. don't you? If they're late, I'm just telling we're rescheduling. I'm not
0: <laughs> waiting. <laughs> yeah. No offense
2: to anybody that works with me. I'm just like I'm. You know, I'm particular on time. So if yeah. you can't make it at a certain time, then we'll reschedule for another day.
0: Yeah, like in the past, I've waited 40 minutes and sometimes they, they, oh, they no, um, I've done that <laughs> so, to, to, depending if I'm fully stable. Like, if it's an hour, I'm, I'm definitely uh, I, I will
2: leave. You're not gonna, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. yeah, like it is annoying though if people don't turn up and stuff. And we have you arrange it and they say it's fine. Um, I know i I guess in the past and i literally rearrange it i say you're joining up and i don't get nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you do get some people that um suppose, don't understand the concept of time yeah. <laughs> um but that's understandable but yeah it is annoying but what can we do
2: yeah but on that note guys um i actually have to hop off
0: um it's
2: been great talking with you guys.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been great talking to you as well. Um, just before we go, if you want to tell everyone um, where they can find you and maybe a little bit of advice that you have, any more advice if you have. For everyone um,
2: so you can find me at IBD Men's Health. Um, that is my Instagram tag. And remember, you are enough. That's it just remember you
0: are enough that's great Darnesh I agree we are all enough Um, that's why we're here (laughs) well um well thanks Angela and and thanks um Darnesh and to everyone listening I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we all have and we will see you in the next episode Um, thanks guys